0: Praise the Lord for the Lord's move here in Anaheim. Amen. Praise the Lord for all the young adults in Anaheim, and I should say Cyprus. Amen. Uh, we still have many coming in. Uh, we'd like to give you just a little bit on the schedule for tonight. Uh, for the first uh, 20 or so minutes, we'd like to open it up uh, for some fellowship and response from all of you. Uh, We know in the past year since this fellowship and burden was released, many of us have been endeavoring to enter into a vital living where we could each be brought into our function in the church and even corporately in this age group we would rise up to pick up the baton, to pick up the torch of the Lord's recovery, to build up the body of Christ, to prepare the bride, And to bring in his kingdom to end this age that the Lord could return. So while you might be considering what to share, let me begin with just a couple of minutes. Uh, Recently I was very touched and sobered by the pattern of the 120 in Acts chapter 1. The Lord had ministered on the earth. Thousands were saved. Thousands were helped. The Lord fed 5,000. He appeared to 500 in resurrection. But by the time of Acts chapter 1, when the Lord desired to turn the age, to bring in Pentecost, to pour out His Spirit, And to produce the church at that time there were only 120. And these 120 were gathered in an upper room in the midst of the present evil age of religious Jerusalem. To be there they paid a high cost to forsake their families to forsake their religion. To forsake their old society. To forsake the crooked and perverted generation. And as they were there, they they were continuing steadfastly in one accord in prayer for the Lord to move. And tonight here we have over 120. But what was Enlightening to me was to realize that among that 120, many of them were young adults. Am I right? Yeah. You had the disciples of the Lord Peter, James, and John, Andrew, Matthew, Bartholomew. You had the brothers of the Lord Jesus, who was at that time 33 and a half. So his brothers plus or minus five were in the age of 20 to 30, right? And they were there together with the woman. And the fact that they were there against the tide of their age and with the price that they paid showed that all of them had a fresh upper room consecration to give themselves to the Lord for Him to move at that time. And saints today, the situation is the same. We may have consecrated ourselves to the Lord previously. Even last summer, right? Our brother Benson gave the opportunity for many of us to consecrate ourselves. But even that consecration may just have been a seashore consecration. Like Peter, where we initially forsook some things. But as this year begins, based on a heavenly vision that vanquishes us, That conquers us. That revolutionizes us. May we give ourselves to him afresh for this new year to have a specific, special, and extraordinary upper room consecration that the Lord could move among us even here in Anaheim as we gather together to preach the gospel in our companions and individually as we're seeking the Lord. May the Lord have mercy on us and gain us this year Amen. for Him to move here in this city. Amen. Okay. Amen? Amen? okay, so now we'd like to open it up for all of us. Uh, just uh, take, uh, feel free to take a minute or so. Uh, if you wouldn't mind to come to, to the mic uh, just to uh, share your experience that we could all be mutually encouraged and strengthened to continue, continue to pursue together. Amen. So who will go first?
1: I think overall, this past year has been a very encouraging year. And I think since we started to hear the fellowship, uh, one of the main things is that I feel like in the church in Anaheim, my function is necessary. And uh, even have a sense that my presence matters in the prayer meeting, in the prophesying meeting, in the Lord's Day meeting. So I think that's been a great encouragement uh, just to realize and have that awareness, and uh, and I feel more of the weight of the church on my shoulders. Uh, and a couple of the points of the the twelve points that we've been trying to enter into uh, that I've enjoyed is joining a companion or companions uh, in prayer two or three times a week. And uh, uh, I've been encouraged that I have companions, some brothers in my in my small group, uh, but uh, I'm burdened that I think. Uh, our consistency is not there. So we need uh, we need some more set times to pray two or three times a week. And out of that, uh, there's a hope that there'll be more entry into the gospel burden, because uh, I know in our fellowship, we're we're burdened for some. But I think if we were consistently praying, uh,
2: there'd be more action in this area. Amen. Well, I want to testify since the first time I heard this speaking uh, year and a year and two months ago. Um, there's really an inward sense that that this is from the Lord, and this is really what we need to hear Amen. as the as this generation. Um, and uh, throughout the last year, probably like many of you, I've felt that um, I have not a, you know achieved anywhere near what I would like to out of this these 12 points. But the Lord does not let it go. I, I can testify. A day doesn't go by when when the Lord doesn't touch me regarding these points. And um, and I, you know, I look back and I just think, you know, um, maybe I haven't, you know, achieved that much, but I have achieved some. And there's a trend in the right direction. And that to me is very encouraging that, um, you know, we should all be encouraged to continue to dig in and really endeavor to get into these 12 points. Um, You know, I've enjoyed getting together with a companion more and more regularly with Brother Titus in prayer, in text messaging, even text messaging is a big encouragement when we get together just through the smallest contacts. So I, I'm really encouraged that um, that um, you know we're we're in this fellowship and that this is exactly what we need at this time. And it's really the Lord is going to continue to bother us until we, you know, pick this up and dive in more and more. Amen.
3: to the Lord's table I meeting. I want to have a little bit of rest. But the Lord just remind me, go, go. Then each time after the preaching, I am the first person who got saved. Amen. And each time we got, we save some people, uh, so far we can uh, we can one full home and we uh, recover one home and we uh, solidify one home. Praise the Lord. Amen. Although it's just a short time, maybe three, four months, but it has been a great blessing to me.
4: Amen. Amen. I also recently moved to Anaheim, and uh, just this past Lord's Day, I received the 12 points. Um, and uh, I, like some have said, uh, am encouraged there's, that we have a way to go on to trend into the right direction. Uh, like many of you in here, I was serving at one time, and now I'm working, so I don't get to start my day with a two-hour prayer meeting. Uh, If I don't touch the Lord myself in the morning, I can't depend on going to some coordination or something else. I just have to be at work, kind of dead. Um, And that's been a big struggle and a huge adjustment. I think probably some of you can relate, but I've really enjoyed the matter of getting with some other brothers throughout the course of the week. Uh, Like Tim said, texting, there's some other brothers that work near me. We're usually able to have lunch at least once a week. Um, going over to saints' houses after the prayer meeting and just spending time with them, praying with them. And one point on this particularly touched me, and that is uh, uh, at least twice a month to, go, to have some come into your home to shepherd. And when I was considering moving to Anaheim, I had a particular burden for the FTTA. And we have a, a special group of 300 who need shepherding. Um, don't think that just because they're there, they don't need to come over to your house on Lord's Day night and be cared for in a human way. And so I've just enjoyed being able to cook for some of them. And um, that's actually been a great enlivening to me as just a saint with a job so I can afford to buy
5: food and feed a trainee.
4: So, amen.
5: Amen. Oh, Lord Jesus. Amen. Um, what I feel... um, from the many spe- uh, young adult speaking speakings is that uh, the speaking is really it's uh, it's it's a burden. It's it's not just individual matter. It's really a corporate matter. And the only way we can achieve an overcoming life is really uh, with companions. And uh, I really um, just enjoy having a prayer companion, uh, someone I just pray every, you know just throughout the week. And uh, one one and I really enjoy these points because these are just organic points. Um, Especially what's, what's really helped me is just reading the word every day. Amen. And I feel this waters me and nourishes me. Amen. And really, um, even this past week, every day I've been able to hand out a track to my coworker or just someone in my building. And it's really just an out, uh, outflow of what I've been enjoying throughout the week. And I really enjoy that this is really just organic, right, all these points. And we just have to take this and just, um, it really just starts with our living, so, uh, Saints, let's just pursue them every day. You know, we don't need to get into all these points, but slowly let's get into them and just pursue with one another. Amen.
6: Amen. It's good that we can pursue uh, corporately. Uh, I, in one of the fellowship times, uh, it was shared about 1 John chapter 2 when he, when he says, I write to you, young men. And gives a list of qualifications uh, you have, you know you overcome the evil one, you're strong, the world you know the word of God abides in you, not love the word the the world and uh, you do the will of God and I felt at that time that I'm not there. so I was very happy when we received this point number seven, joining a companion or companions in prayer yeah. and I have to testify. We've been practicing this in the church in Cyprus. A group of us just gathered together to pray, you know, after the prayer meeting, just to have some, at, at the most, 30 minutes just to gather together, pray, and have fellowship. And I have to say this has been a saving for me. You know, after a long day in the office, you know, you do so many things, and you go, have to go to the prayer meeting, and sometimes you, you feel tired, and then you think about going to another fellowship time, and, you know, the thought, you know, crossed my mind of just skipping that time and just go home and sleep. But I'm very, very happy for the brothers. We encourage each other just to go to that time and pray Amen. and have fellowship. And very briefly also point on number nine, joining or beginning a group meeting and attending it weekly. And I have to say in this point that we, had, we started a home meeting on Mondays uh, two weeks, two months ago roughly two months ago, and all, this, all all the ones all the attendees to this whole meeting we can testify that, that this meeting also is like a life source for us we, we, we encourage each other we, we read the ministry we've been reading through the messages given to the working saints and we have we have to say that this is just an encouraging time for us. We pray we take the needs for each each other so I just I just encourage you uh, you all just to join in to a group and and pray together. Amen.
7: Oh Lord, um, I really enjoyed this fellowship last year. I was there, but I was there as a trainee. And this year I'm here as a graduated trainee. And I'm really thankful. I um, am now serving full time here in Anaheim on the YP team. And I'm thankful that this is accessible to each one of us. And even the fellowship and the burden is there. Um, I just graduated, but there's still that feeling of like, what do I do now? You know what I mean? Even kind of in the off weeks. But just having these fellowship the other night and even tonight, knowing that there is a purpose for my living even right now. <laughs> and we need to be enjoying every day, not just for myself, for my own going on, but for every single one of us. So that when we see one another, we can minister life to one another. And you know, your going on is for me, my going on is for you. And we especially as the young adults, realizing that there is such a need for us to rise up and to take this burden and take it seriously. Um, I just really appreciate
8: it. So, amen. 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 Well, I wasn't planning to share, but Christina made me get up. So, <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, I, okay, the the fellowship on the young adults has really touched me in the aspect of just showing us where we are um, at this time in history. Especially, you know, we just realize that the train of the Lord's recovery is moving. Amen. And we just need to get on. Amen. There's no time like now. Amen. And, um, you know, I feel like I've been in the church in Anaheim for a year and a half now, and it's a really big church life. And when I first started serving, it just felt like, well, I could be any, you know, I didn't really feel like I fit in or I felt like I was more like a worker and just kind of peripheral. But with this kind of burden here, we see the need, like the brothers have shared, we, we need the portion of the young adults Amen. not merely to be, something, um, something coming on the side, but really to be coming into the center to put our shoulder to the burden. And so anyway, I don't know how quite we get from where we are to where we need to go, but I think these points are very helpful. For example, just knowing that every, you know, um, once a month we're supposed to go out on the gospel at least twice. So on Saturday mornings, I get up, I'm like, I want to stay in bed, but I Anyway, we take this fellowship, and I go to the BFA time. And, you know, it's really amazing because there you you get to practice and you get to apply the lessons that you read about in the ministry, things like being in a one chord, having an impact. I think James, who just shared, we went out on Saturday. You know, we just, in the beginning, we were like, uh. But we went, and it was so easy. This, this woman, she just opened up a home. Like, five of us went in, and we started to read the Bible with her, and we were singing, and, you know, she just loved it. And it was so easy because I realized, you know, this burden for us to go on is not an individual burden, but it's really the matter of the body. Amen. All of us rising up as a corporate priesthood. So, praise the Lord for
9: this burden. The past uh, six months, I graduated from the FTDA six months ago. Uh, at the beginning, I tried to uh, maintain uh, all the life practice that have been built up in the, church, uh, in the training. But the situation is gradually, it's just by drifting and it's gradually losing the, the, the practices. And I, eventually I, I, I realized, you know, I'm in a situation is half dead half living is like I start to you know change my my view on a lot of things I start to be become very concerned about myself my personal universe all the situation you know all the things I need to find a job or where to leave all these kind of things and I realize there's a need of to be revived and to be reminded what's the purpose of of our living as a as a, a, a saint in the in the church life and um, i i uh, have a experience which is very helpful to me is i know being independent it, it will be it's like being cut off from the from the body so i remember brother andrew's uh, fellowship when i was in fourth term in the ftta you know make yourself available to the you know to 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 the service or, or or the lord's burden in the in the church so i i have i start to to learn to practice that whatever there's a a burden mentioned to me i just made myself available like i don't know what to what to do in the church life what to serve but you know the sister asked me do you want to serve in the breakfast saturday morning then i say okay then i come i have fellowship with the saints i got encouraged and then some of the, the, the sisters have the teenager, you know, junior high, uh, you know, young brothers. They want to do ISG, and I, I'm the next-door neighbor. They ask whether, you know, Andy and I can help to to. To read the Bible with the the young brothers, We say, "Okay, I know you, we almost have meeting every night, but we just okay." Lord's Day evening, we read together, and I really got help. And eventually, I have some uh, build up some uh, uh, fellowship with the, the the sisters and start to have companion and start. I can open up my situation to to some of the saints, and we can pray together, not just. Concerning myself, also concerning the 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 saints we're, we 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 are serving with, and so in this way, the Lord just start to recover uh, my relationship with the Lord, personal rela- relationship with the Lord, also uh, recover my living a, a a life in the church life, uh, a, a corporate living, and the, in the and the body life, which is I, I think is very very helpful for me. It's like I'm no longer in a a survival mode (laughs) in the church life. uh, uh, Start to function and start to to be built up with the saints.
10: Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for all your testimonies and your sharings. See all who's back here. I've been turned the other way. Anyhow, I would like to uh, just take a few minutes. Uh, can you all help me back there a little bit? I would not what it might be. Okay, uh, brothers and sisters, I'd like to ask you to take this out. I think you, uh, everyone should have one. It was on your chair. Uh I would just like to read through these basically, and then I would like to say briefly something about the gospel, and then I would like to turn it to Andrew so he could share something. You know, one thing before reading this, you know, we met in six different gatherings uh, since last summer concerning this outline. Of course, this changed, the first one that you saw, it's changed quite a bit in the wording, Uh, Every time I tried to improve it a little bit, but at any rate uh, We've been going over this each time we gather we gathered six times First time with the Korean speaking middle. I mean young adults Then with the Spanish speaking young adults Then with the Chinese speaking young adults Then with district 1 English speaking then district 2 English speaking and just this past lo today with uh, district three English language speaking, and so in those meetings, there were about totally about two hundred and seventy five from Anaheim and some from Cyprus as well. A few of those uh I wouldn't classify as young adults their their age category didn't match, but we welcomed them anyhow. <laughs> And maybe there's something like this tonight, and you're welcome. But at any rate, uh, we had over 275 that gathered in these six meetings. And the Lord was really with us, I feel. And I hope that uh, we all receive something from that time. I'm very encouraged in the church in Anaheim. So many would, would gather together this fall in, in these six gatherings. Well, I would like to read it. Of course, in putting this together, uh, there was a burden to enter into organic practices uh, that could give us the way to live an overcoming life. I believe every believer in the Lord's recovery wants to live an overcoming life. And the only way to accomplish that is to get ourselves into the basic organic practices in the church life. If we would enter into those, I believe all of us will be living an overcoming life. And I want this, and I know you want the same. In this matter, we're all the same. Okay, I'd like to just read through this basically. One, having a scheduled living, including the following. I don't want to repeat anything about the schedule living. living. Uh, we did have some fellowship each time about this matter. But I would like to include in the following. It doesn't mean I'm leaving the schedule living. We need to be laboring on that our whole life. Uh, I don't know how much I've improved on that since I was a, a young young adult. But anyhow... I'm still working at it. And we all need to work at this our whole life. We need a schedule living. And that schedule living should include consecration daily. And I would say not I mean just not just daily. Of course there's a one time consecration that we all must pass through. But we need a daily consecration. Every day, brothers and sisters, we need to offer ourselves to the Lord again for the carrying out of His divine economy on this earth in whatever way the Lord would, would uh, lead us. And, but not just daily, even hourly. As we come to the Lord and as the Lord comes to us, even hourly we need to offer ourselves to Him again and again. To, to maintain our relationship with Him. We have only one purpose of living on this earth, and that is to live for Christ in the church. Amen. So we need to consecrate ourselves daily, even hourly. Three, having morning revival daily. That is being revived every day. And I hope among us, we are all endeavoring to enter into this practice of having morning revival every day. If you can't do it in the morning, you can surely find some time during the day to get with the Lord in the way of morning revival so that we can be revived every day. And then reading the Word daily. And I said here at least one chapter, including the footnotes. We all endeavor to do this, brothers and sisters. And one of the testimonies, uh, this was his testimony just a few minutes ago, how this has made a difference in his life. Five, reading the ministry daily. And I said here, three to five pages are one message. At least that amount. Do your best to enter into this. The ministry is the interpreted word. So much we can't understand. You know, we're all just laymen here. But there is a ministry among us that interprets the Word in a full way. Plus, in the ministry that we have, it leads us on in many aspects in our Christian life and in our church life. We need this. So we need to read the Word, but we need to read the interpreted Word as well. And six, praying daily. Every day, brothers and sisters, find a time alone with the Lord and pray to Him. And don't just pray about your family necessarily. Sometimes you will feel the need to pray for your family. But I'm talking about praying all the things concerning God's New Testament economy. We need to pray. And then calling on the name of the Lord continually. You know, I had to... Go back to the dictionary again before I use this word continually. You know, you have continuously and you have continually. Uh, I doubt that some of us know the, the difference between these two words. Continually and continuously. Well, I mean continually. You know, we can't call on the name of the Lord continuously. That means all the time. But we can call on the name of the Lord continually. We can call on Him right now. We can call on Him in ten minutes. We can call on Him in two minutes. We can call on Him continually, day by day. Well, then join a companion or companions, one or two, in prayer, two or three times a week. A number of saints spoke about this matter. I was happy to hear that fellowship. Eight, attending the district meetings of the church weekly. The Lord's Day and prophesying meetings and weekly corporate prayer meetings of the church and functioning periodically in those meetings by speaking and praying. Brothers, and I think Daniel would also testify, of course, he and I are together in District 1. But I know the meetings have been uplifted by the functioning of the young adults. And I'm so happy on that front row, every Lord's Day there are several young adults sitting there and they're fighting for the District 1's meeting. No doubt about it. And I believe in District 2 and District 3 it's the same. If the young adults will all rise up and be in these particular meetings... And not just being there in a loose light you know, way, but being there to function and to pray. And I know in the prayer you can't pray sometimes, but you can always say amen, amen. after every prayer. Amen. And you say amen, uh, one meaning is that you just agree with the prayer that was prayed and you're telling the Lord, Amen. amen. I agree with this prayer. And if the young adults all rise up in the prophesying, in the table praising the Lord, and also in the prayer meeting, there will be a different kind of meetings the corporate meetings of the church. And I hope that all of you will endeavor to enter into this way. Nine, joining or beginning a group meeting and attending a weekly. You don't have a group meeting? Well, we all need to join one, or we need to begin one with some others. The group meeting is the lifeline, I would say, of the whole church. May the Lord, in the coming days, if we're not in a group meeting, be, be in one. There were some good testimonies and good sharing while ago about this matter. Ten, visiting other saints or inviting them into your home. Twice each month for shepherding, through exercising all-inclusive tender care upon them, by cherishing and nourishing them. You know, we we shared something about in one of the places. I don't think I sh- I didn't share the same thing in every place because it never comes out the same. But I know I shared this point. You know, with us with the young adults, you've got a lot in the church below you. And you've got many in the church above you. You know, you've got the children. You've got the junior high. You've got the senior high. You've got all the college students. All these need to be shepherded by us. And if we all would enter into the shepherding burden of these, it will make a big difference in the, the growth and development of the children up through the college age years then you become a young adult, and they become a young adult. But then above us is the middle age and the older saints. Well, I hope in the Lord's Day meetings, and I I read again in a certain portion, just the other day, Brother Lee saying again, come to the Lord's Day meeting or the meetings when the church gathers together with the direct intention to shepherd someone. Amen. Come... Five, at least five minutes early. And don't run out of the door as soon as the meeting ends. Stay there and contact people for 15 to 30 minutes. Uh, you know, I can give you this testimony. Nearly my whole life in the church life, since I was 22, I was virtually the last one to leave the meeting hall nearly every meeting. You know, and put in the place where I was, virtually my whole life. Uh, I don't know. I can't say that my burden was so strong to shepherd. It's just if you hang around, there's going to be somebody to shepherd, right. and you'll see someone, or that, or they will come up to you. And we need to shepherd the church, and all the saints in the church. Then in eleven. Preaching the gospel by visiting people. Preach the gospel to colleagues, to friends, to relatives, to classmates, to neighbors, ones in the rows and hedges, that's the Gentile world, or knocking on doors randomly twice each month and passing out gospel tracts with all diligence. Well, I have about ten minutes left. I want to give the time to Andrew. Uh, I've been sharing uh, all fall. And Andrew shared some earlier, and I would like uh, that he would share again. But anyhow, in this matter of preaching the gospel, you know, I said twice each month on visiting the saints and twice each month on preaching the gospel. I would say that's a minimum. It would be better if we could shepherd someone every week, at least one or two, and also preach the gospel to at least one or two every week. By passing out tracts, by speaking to them verbally, preaching the gospel. This is God's divine economy. He wants to save the whole earth. And we have to do our part. And if individually we have to do our part and the church has to rise up to do their part. Preaching the gospel is a great, great matter in God's economy. Because the whole world, you know, virtually is lost. But if we preach the gospel, that's one less less one. That is one less one, yeah. That's... Enters into the Lord's divine economy by salvation. That's the first step. Of course, they need to be developed fully for their whole life. But preaching the gospel brings them in. And then the matter of sanctifying our finances. Brothers, learn to sanctify your finances. While you're young, if you would give at least 10% of every dollar that comes into your hand, that would be marvelous. And I'll assure you that gradually it'll become 11%. You just can't bear to give 10, so you give 11. Then you give 12. Then you give 15. Then you give 20, maybe. It depends. But anyhow, I'm, what I'm saying is, we need to sanctify our finances in a way that we're conscious that God needs a way to carry this economy out, and He He needs our finances, He needs our offerings to help carry out uh, His His work. Amen. Um, what was I going to say? Um, Well, maybe it will come to me as I share a little bit on the gospel. I don't have much time, but I would like to say just a little bit. You know, brothers, uh, we haven't been endeavoring and entering into the God-ordained way for quite some time. And we have made much progress on all the continents and the countries where the churches are. But the full entry into the God-ordained way Is very much lacking. And one place that it's lacking is the church in Anaheim. Well, how will we ever work this out? Well, I believe that if all the young adults would rise up to enter into the God ordained way in a full way, there will be much progress made in the Lord's recovery today. You know, you're not just children anymore. You're grown people. You're young adults. And our entry into the Lord's recovery and the, into the service and God's work is a great, great thing. And brothers, with the rising up of the young adults, I do believe there is a way to work out the God-ordained way. But just as I said on, and several of the times when we gather together, I don't expect that every one of you would work out all 12 points right away. Tomorrow, you're, you start, and you're just right there, and you're functioning in that way, you know, 12 months out of the year, 360 days. I don't expect that. But my burden is that we all would have a beginning, and we would enter into something. You know, especially these first uh, uh, five or six points. Uh, you know, those are, are out of our individual living. You, know, you just look through those first five, first six points. That's more individual. Of course, the first point is more than individual. But, we, we need to pass the test on these few points, or we don't have any hope of bringing ourselves fully into the other points. We must take care of those points. Let me just read it again. We need a schedule of living. That's individual. Consecration. That's individual. Being revived every day. That's individual. Reading the Word every day. Reading the ministry every day. Praying every day. And calling on the name of the Lord continually. No one can do that except you. For yourself. No one else can live your Christian life. But if you would enter into these organic practices, just these first six, you'll begin to live an overcoming life. And then out of these six, I do believe number seven will follow. And that's joining a companion or companions in prayer and attending the district meetings and joining or beginning a group meeting visiting other saints Shepherding them and preaching the gospel, and sanctifying our finances. Of course, that's an individual one. An individual one also, but I wanted to end with that because that's a crucial point for the Lord to carry out His uh, His work on this earth. But brothers, we enter into the first six, and then we have the way to take care of the next six. But you don't have the capital, the cargo that's necessary in your inner being to carry out all these things. But you live a life according to those first uh, six points. I can assure you, you can enter into the rest. Amen. But of course, we need fellowship on the rest to know what the Lord wants to bring us into. And encouragement to help us enter into the rest. But brothers... Uh, just the gospel. me I mean, the first point of the God-ordained way is what? It's beginning. How do you do that? By bearing fruit, by preaching the gospel. We need this, and we must enter into this, brothers and sisters. This is the first point of the God-ordained way. Of course, following that is the the nourishing by feeding the new ones in their own homes. There's the perfecting in the group meetings. And in those group meetings, there's the fellowship, the intercession, the care, the shepherding, the teaching, the perfecting, and all items of the church life. It is there. And Brother Lee was so strong about the group meetings. Of course, he hoped that they would all be vital groups. Not just a group meeting a name, but a a vital group. Of course, when we pray together with one another, that should be a vital group. And a group that will bring us on. And then, of course, the first point is building up the church through prophesying. And I hope, brothers and sisters, all of you have prophesied this last fall. I want to ask you who did and who didn't. But I hope we all were, at least one time, all the sisters, you know, brothers as well, we were able to prophesy. The prophesying is how we dispense Christ into everybody, every saint. We stand up and prophesy. And if you didn't prophesy this six months, how about the next six months? May we all become prophesying ones. And the Word tells us all can prophesy. Well, the Lord Jesus Himself, whenever He began His work on this earth, when He was 30 years of age, and He began to go out to spread His ministry, He Himself took the lead to preach the gospel. He preached the gospel. He didn't set stand, stand up on the throne and say, Come to me. He did what? He came to us. He came out of eternity. And He entered into... He, he, he came to this earth. To do what? To gain us. And to gain everyone on the earth. He, he personally entered into the preaching of the gospel. Of course, you know, there's a few examples. Zacchaeus. In Jericho, he went directly to this man to preach the gospel. And then you have, uh, of course, the immoral woman on the road to Samaria. He went directly to her. And then after he died and rose again, he went directly to the apostle Paul and preached the gospel to him. He never stopped. And I don't believe he's stopped to this day. Paul was post resurrection post you know all the aspects that Christ went through he's still preaching the gospel well how about us what did he do well the Lord took the lead Uh, what did I want to say oh yeah the Lord Jesus did it then he brought 70 in and he sent them out and who did he send them out to he sent them out for the. Uh, 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 help me here. He sent them out to the, to reach uh, the ones that were marked out. But what word did he use? That brotherly had used, huh? Sons of peace. The Lord used that word. He sent them out to gain the sons of peace, and you don't know who a son of peace is. So you have to knock on the door or you have to contact them and you'll find a a son of peace eventually. We go out to find the sons of peace. We're not going to produce sons of pieces. (laughs) They've already been marked out by the Lord. But the Lord needs someone to go find them and reach them. And then, uh, eventually, at Pentecost, He sent us all out to be witnesses, to find the sons of peace, to find all the unbelievers and to bring them to Christ. And this is one of the greatest joys on the earth when you go out preaching the gospel. And someone gets saved. I remember the first person, because I was in junior high, but I remember the first person that I had at least a small part in getting saved. His name, well, I still remember his name. His name was Donald Clevenger. And he was one of the worst kids around us. <laughs> wasn't even in the church. He was just a bad guy. Anyhow, he got saved. Amen. And I was so excited. I remember I was at a camp, a uh, Christian camp. And they were playing baseball. It was their time to play baseball. The team that I was, well, no, it wasn't me because I was in the camp. That was another time uh, that I played. But anyhow, he got saved. And I was so excited, I just ran as fast as I could to that baseball diamond. And one that I was the closest to was in the outfield. And I ran to the outfield during the game to tell this person, Donald got saved. (laughs) I know that preaching the gospel can be the greatest joy. I remember one time when I was in college sitting down in front of a car with the headlights, reading the Word, preaching the Gospel to this guy, and he got saved. And I was so happy. And I can remember many, many cases in the church life where we went out or whether we uh, brought them in and preached the Gospel in a larger number. Brothers, this is a great joy And I want all of us to participate in this joy. And we all will participate in this joy if we're preaching the gospel. Brothers, the Lord has made us vines in the vine tree. The vine tree is for our enjoyment. And we are there for God's enjoyment as the branches. But the branches do something further, and that's to bear fruit. And everyone should bear fruit. And the word there says, your joy will be made full. That It says the joy will be made full in several places in the New Testament. But that is one of the places. I think four or five times the Lord uses this, this expression. But one of them is in bringing people to the Lord. Your joy will be made full. And I want all of your joy to be made full. You keep doing that, and your joy will just be rekindled again and again and again. And you will never doubt uh, what you're into. Well, then Levi, you know, he brought people into his home. Then Cornelius, he brought people into his home. One was a sinner, the other was a good man. He was also a sinner still, but he was a good man. Anybody and everyone can open their homes and bring people into that home and preach the gospel. And they also can knock on doors, randomly, as many as possible. You know, I was greatly encouraged last Lord's Day when they were asked how many This next month would pass out one track a day. You know we had surely over 800 in that meeting, and I saw hands all over the. Didn't you see them? All those hands, y'all were there. All those hands that they raised their hands, and they said they would pass out one track a day for next month. Right? I expect that so many will do that. Well, that's preaching the gospel. You know, I handed out some today. I had had to catch up because I was occupied with so many things. So I caught up today from last Thursday. And, uh, of course, if you can't just pass out one, but one a day, you'll be passing out many more. But anyhow, I just passed out one to catch up. (laughs) The first one. She was just happy to receive it. She, she was, you know, you, just, you know, she didn't say much. The second one, she didn't know what in the world I was doing. <laughs> but she took it. And the third one says, I'm not a Christian. I said, well, will you take this and read it? He stuck out his hand. He said, I'll read it. And then we departed. But I put my name and phone number on every track that I pass out and uh, I hope I'll have contact with well, Maybe with one of them or all of them. You know. Anyhow, brothers, the gospel, Amen. it must be burning in us. Amen. And that's the point I'd like to make tonight. Amen. And because of the, the time factor, again, I'm a little late.
5: Amen. <laughs> Amen.
3: Okay. Uh, I'm very very thankful for Benson's sharing I come to realize that there really are two kinds of uh, Christians one of those that don't preach the gospel one of those that preach the gospel and I don't mean that um, they are preachers or that they're evangelists but they they know what it is to preach a gospel. Amen. And Brother Lee said in the Lord's recovery, we need to recover this aspect. Amen. And I'm burdened um, that this aspect would be recovered, not just as an event, but as part of our living. Amen. That's very important. And uh, we all participated in some kind of gospel event one time or another, you know, um, even though, even if our church life is not that strong, that at least once a year, you know, we would have some gospel activity. But to have it as part of our church life, that is important. Mm -hmm. And that is what we need to recover. I like to see 2009, the matter of the gospel being recovered among us. And it doesn't take... um, some gifts to preach the gospel. You know, of all the different kinds of abilities of functioning in the church life, the gospel preaching is the one that requires the least amount of gifts. Actually, you develop the gift while you preach the gospel. Every one of us who have experience of preaching the gospel knows what Brother Lee meant when he said, the best way to learn to preach the gospel is by preaching the gospel. Amen. That's really true. If you say, oh, I don't uh, know how to preach the gospel. Well, you don't know because you don't do it. As, and uh, as long as you start doing it, then you get better and better. And, uh, you know, they say if you go and exercise, the enjoyment itself makes you better and better. The same is with uh, the gospel preaching. The preaching of the gospel ushers you into the enjoyment. And that enjoyment will make you better and better. I share one point during the um, winter training. And that is, in the matter of the jubilee, there is the living of the jubilee and there is the proclaiming of the jubilee. And the proclaiming of the jubilee As the living of the Jubilee will deliver us, will will give us two things. One, it delivers us out of all the bondages. Number two, it returns us to the enjoyment of the land, right? Mm -hmm. We, We all remember that. You know, if you develop a practice and a living of preaching the gospel, it does the same to you. It delivers you out of all the bondages. And uh, Brother Lee, in those Jubilee Messages, he mentioned three kinds of bondages. Number one is um, the human suffering, suffering in our human life. Number two is, in particular, anxiety, you know, psychological. And I don't need to expand on that. All the young adults know that. Then number three is the suffering of trying to do good trying to be good. You know, all those three kinds of things are bondages. And you know what? When you enter into a kind of vital living, that is the enjoyment of the living of the Jubilee. Yes, that will deliver you out of those three kinds of bondages. But if you enter into a practice of preaching the gospel, that will also deliver you out of those three kinds of bondages. Number one, Nobody has no human suffering, but you don't wait until you have no suffering to preach the gospel. When you start having a preach, gospel preaching life, your suffering doesn't mean that much to you. The se- second thing is anxiety, you know, goes without saying when you go preach the gospel. You forget about your own anxiety. And then number three, you know, all get wrapped up with yourself trying to do good, so forth. So, that's the deliverance from the bondages. Then, the ushering in to the enjoyment of the land. Same thing, you know, you develop a habit of preaching the gospel, you get ushered into the enjoyment of the good land. I, I cannot, uh, I, I have not heard of one testimony that says, I go out, I preach the gospel, I come back, I get bummed out i never heard of a testimony like that. You will never get bummed out. you never get bummed out when you go out and preach the gospel. I, I like to see the church in Anaheim, all the saints, would go out on a regular basis. On a regular basis. You know, last week, we challenged some of the saints. We said, okay, year 2000, we'll give you three options. Number one, you go out 52 times this year. That means once every week. 52 times. That's very short. If you do it every day, you complete that 52 times in less than two months. Okay. Spread it out. The point is not make the 52 times. The point is to develop the habit. Second, okay, you can do it. Do it twice. uh, Once every two weeks. So that's 26 times. Then option C. Is 12 times. That means once every month. And I said, you know what? A, B, C. Which one is the easiest? A is the easiest. Why is it the easiest? Because if you do it every week, then it becomes a matter of your practice. You know why brushing your teeth is so easy? Because it never has to go through your will. In fact, some of you, whether you have brushed your teeth, sometimes you forget it. You walk out of the house, did I brush my teeth? Because it's part of your uh, subconsciousness, part of your practice and that's what we have to um, uh, bring into our church life. So you know if you have I, I mentioned that in the training if you go to a church and uh, they said, oh uh, we're the Lord's recovery and uh, we're, we're in everything we're just uh, very much part of you know, um, the Lord's recovery, but we only have the Lord's table once a year. You say, what kind of church life is that? Only have Lord's table once a year. That's a very strange church life. Well, if you go to another church and say, oh, we only have prayer meeting once a year. You say, what is that? Mm -hmm. Then if you go to a church and say, oh, we only preach the gospel once a year. You say, oh, that's not too bad. (laughs) You see? You see where we are? You know, we don't believe, we, we, we don't have the consciousness that the gospel is part of our church life. Amen. I was uh, for a time in one church life that every, uh, every, every week they have gospel meeting. And uh, uh, they do it even when there's no, no gospel friend. And so there were many, many weeks where I was the only gospel friend. I was not saved then. So I just sat there to be the guinea pig for those brothers who are giving the message, and um, it's uh, it's it's a little bit funny. But I I think back upon it, I said, well that's better than not doing it. You know, if if uh, now we don't have a big gospel meeting, we don't emphasize on that. But if the saints they would. Um, uh, have some kind of uh, consecration uh, before the Lord, that um, they would do it every week. And again, I say, the easiest is if you set the time and you set the date and you have this um, definite number of people. And if if the church would make a point of arranging a certain time and a certain date, so that all the saints that want to go, they come and they do it. Then that would make it easy. Well, you don't have to do it by church. You can do it by district, or you can do it by group meeting. But it's very very difficult to sustain it by individual. That I know. So uh, the matter of the uh, Jubilee is not just a matter of our living. It's also a matter of our proclaiming. We have to enter into this living, not just um, a Christian that preaches the gospel, all of us sometimes may do, but a gospel-preaching Christian. In the same way, not a church that occasionally preach the gospel, but a gospel-preaching church. And uh, there's one word that is very important, In the Bible and that's the word practice in Colossians 3 9 it says that we have to put off the old man with its practices and there is a footnote on the word practice and that's in 1st John chapter 1 verse 6 it says practice means something that you do regularly consistently and not just occasionally that of course in First John chapter 1, it was talking about practicing sin. If you practice sin, then you walk in darkness. Well, what is to practice sin? That means you do it habitually. Um, you know, 80% to 90% of our daily living is by habit. Only very little by our will. You know, The way you walk, you never think whether you should exercise your left foot first or your right foot first. It's all habit. And uh, the old man is the habit. And uh, it's difficult because you have to change your habit. And uh, I like this. This is like uh, the exercise. When you go to the exercise, they said, oh, you need this kind of exercise uh, to develop your abs. You need that kind of exercise to develop your thigh. And you need this kind of exercise to develop your uh, spinal cord. Well, yeah, 12 (laughs) kinds of exercise, one to develop your spiritual abs, one to develop your spiritual side, one to develop your spiritual spinal cord, you know, however you apply it. But whatever it is, it's a kind of exercise. And exercise is a kind of habit. You know, if you don't do it, it's very hard to do it. If you do it, it gets easier to do it. And when it gets easy to do it, it's very hard not to do it. When you start not doing it, then you feel like uncomfortable. I, uh, I know of a brother, he, he, he starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger uh, when, when, when the age is advancing. And uh, it's getting to be uh, very unseemly, uh, the weight and the everything. Then uh, he made a resolution. He started going to the gym. And uh, then he started getting more fit and more, um, more, more, more vital physically. And then he told me, he said, uh, now that I got into this habit, um, every day I don't do it. I don't feel comfortable. That's right. That's, that's what happens when something becomes your habit. your your habit, your practice. And that's what we need to do. You know, uh, it's good. Unbelievers, they don't have a habit of getting up on Lord's Day morning. That's, it has nothing to do with sin or no sin. It's just that they haven't developed that habit. And we have to help them. We have to help them. You can't just say pray and see if the Lord leads you. No, you have to help them Every week, every week, every week, until it becomes their practice. Amen. Then, whether they like it, they don't like it, they come to the Lord's Day meeting. Well, what, what made you think that uh, to be a Christian, you need to sanctify the Lord's Day, but you don't need to preach a gospel because the gospel is optional. It's like, uh, it's a premium. What made you think that? You know, you just, we, we just have Acts of the Apostle. And then you just read. You know, in 242, it says they continue steadfastly in the Apostle's teaching and fellowship. But how? How to do it? Then four verses down. It says day by day, they continue steadfastly. How to, how to continue steadfastly? Day by day. That's as far as time then as far as place from house to house day by day from house to house time and space that's how you exercise the continuing steadfastly the continuing steadfastly is not just something that you say amen the continuing steadfastly is in time you do it day by day in space you do it from house to house and then you know in verse 46 it says day by day they do that then in verse 47 it says then the Lord added to them day by day. Okay, you do it day by day. The Lord adds you day by day. You exercise, you know, on a regular basis. The Lord blesses you on a regular basis. And that's really what the church life is. You know, um, Acts is all-inclusive. You know, it talks about God, it's God's economy. It talks about the economic spirit. It talks about calling on the Lord. It also talks so much about the God-ordained way and how to have the church life. That church life is not just a meeting life. It's their living. It's the way they live. They live from day to day. So um, there's 365 days in 2009. But forget about 365. Just tomorrow. And consider our living. You know, I I think that for the young adults, you need to turn your telescope or turn microscope or whatever scope and zero in on the word living. If you can build up your living mine, I tell you, you, you'll be an overcomer.
7: Amen.
3: You know, I've been reading uh, um, Genesis Life Study uh, quite a lot lately. <laughs> And uh, these few testimonies, you know, Enoch, he called on the Lord. That's living. At that time, people, they, they lived realizing their frailty, so they called on the Lord. That's a living. Then Enoch, he walked with God three hundred years, and he begat children. That's a living. He's not a full timer. He, he got a job for sure, because he raised up children. But, he has a living. Then, you know, a lot of you got very impressed by Ron's sharing during the uh, Thanksgiving conference where he spoke strongly about saving yourself from the crooked and perverted generation and then building the ark. Well, what is the ark? That is a living. Noah, he saved himself and his jet, gen- and he condemned that generation by his living. In fact, his living was his gospel. You know, you get to a point where your living becomes your gospel. Okay, come and see how we live. That's the gospel. And there is a time. There was. I say, I say there was a time. I don't know now. There was a time when the church living itself becomes the art. That's true. When you come into the church life, that wrecks you. That also delivers you from the crooked and perverted generation. Well, I say that is not just a Sunday morning church life. That is a living. And uh, then you know Abraham, you know he was in a kind of living in Ur of Chaldea. Then he moved. Then when he moved, then he pitches tent in Shechem, and there. He has the tent, and he has the altar. That is a living. And then, you know, he moved to Beersheba, right? And in Beersheba, you read the lifestyle message. He said, there's two wells, there's two livings, issuing in two results. Two wells. One is the well in Beersheba, nurturing Isaac. The other well is the well of Ishmael. And he rose up, and... He became an archer. That kind of living produced an archer. Somebody that just wanted to fight. uh, Compete. Um, But this kind of living. Produced what? It produces. The burnt offering. Isaac. Eventually became a burnt offering. And one. Result. Ended up in Egypt. The other result. Ended up in Mount Moriah, consecrated for God. Again, living, you know, it's not just one time. It's how they were raised up through the two wells. And, uh, well, I can go on and on and on, but I'm not here to give a message. I'm, I'm saying that this matter is what is saving a lot of the young people, is they start paying attention to their living. Mm-hmm. And we share that in the Young Adults Fellowship. We said, you know, years ago, Bradley taught us to say the inner life is for the daily life. Mm-hmm. It's for the daily life. Mm-hmm. And the daily life supports your church life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very thankful that we have this sheet and that we're helping you and encouraging one another to live this living. And uh, I hope that, as young adults, we will step by step, get into these practices. And let me say something. Uh, this kind of living is a practice. Don't say, "Oh, I don't like practice. I like enjoyment." Well, you know, it's like somebody that says, "Oh, I don't like exercise. I, I just like to eat. Eat, I just like to eat. Okay? You can eat, and there's plenty of food there to eat. But you eat, 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 you'll eat yourself to the tomb. You eat yourself to death. You know, the human life, even your physical life, is is an exercise. If you don't exercise, of course, young people uh, does not feel as much, you know, because you have uh, so much reserve. It's like even if you waste it, you can still, you don't feel death crawling up on you. But you get older. Every day you have to fight. Even getting up in the morning, you have to fight. If you don't fight, that day you die. And uh, even the physical life, it's it's a shadow of your spiritual life. And a lot of people, especially second generation, they grow up, they heard things just one-sided. They heard one sentence, and then they miss the other sentence. They just say, oh, the church life is a life of enjoyment. Enjoyment, enjoyment, enjoyment. Sure, I am the one that is most for enjoyment. If you don't enjoy it, how can you, how can you touch the Lord? Blah, blah, blah. But, if you think enjoyment, enjoyment just means sitting at your sofa and eating your chocolate, you're wrong. You know, this brother that I, I talked to you about, he started going to the gym and sweat every day. That is an enjoyment. You know, when he finishes, and then he says, oh, wow, I did my day's exercise. You know, that is enjoyment. You know, we have to start changing our concept a little bit. I'm not, I'm not telling you to be like a full-timer. Well, actually, full-timer is no, I'm sorry if you have some full-timers here. Some full-timers are no role model, either, as far as living is concerned. So so forget about that. Um, uh, it's not a matter of whether you're full-time or you're not full-time. It's a matter of whether you are in this kind of a living. And some people say, oh, I'm all right, I'm all right, I'm all right. Well, check yourself against this and see if See if you are. Um, you know, I I used to tell people I said I like to run a vital clinic. You know, get people to come and do a checkup on you. The 12-point checkup. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a checkup, you you know you get older. You need annual checkup. Well. For young people, you need you need annual checkup too. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how how's your spiritual vitality? Anyway, uh, I I just thought about you know strengthening this matter. Um, some of the saints they uh, made a resolution before the Lord. They said, year two thousand, we're gonna go out in groups, two or three vital groups together, or maybe one district together. We're go, gonna go out every week. And whether there's rain, whether there's sunshine, it, does, it doesn't matter. And we're not going to do a lot. We're just going to do 50, mi- 50 minutes. And whether there's people, there's no people who come back. And uh, I strongly encourage that. And I have the bonus and I have the confidence to encourage that. Because Brother Lee encouraged that. And uh, for over 20 years, we sort of... Um, pay lip service to this matter of going out and uh, knocking on door. And we say, every time you say, oh, the God-ordained way is to go out and contact people, everybody say, amen. (laughs) You know, (laughs) lip service. But never too too many are doing it on a consistent basis. But it's very hard to do it individually. That's why you need spiritual companions. Amen. You need companion, you need to do it on a consistent basis to become part of your living, to become part of your living. And um, of course, I assure you, if you go out, you will get people. Don't think that people are that close. You know, it's, uh, I, I travel some, not a whole lot, but everywhere I go, people say, our place is the most difficult. You go to China, they say, oh, our place is the most difficult. We wish we can be in America. Then in America, people say, oh, we wish we can be in China. China is so open. Everybody is open. <laughs> you know, fish jumping up to the to the boat. And you, you go anywhere. They say, every place is open except our place. And uh, you go to Japan. They say, oh, Japan. Japan is a godless place. Nobody, nobody believes in God in Japan. Well, the, the truth of the matter is there is no place that is that everybody is open, and there is no place that nobody is open. So just go out and do it. Do it for your own sake. You know, don't say, oh, I go out how many times, I get so many people, blah, 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 Go out for your own sake. People will be safe. (laughs) I I enjoy so much. There's one testimony. Let me share with you this. It's very funny. I was taking a class in the middle, uh, I mean the uh, FTTA training, um, and uh, it was a God-ordained class. And so they all stand up and give testimonies before I share. And uh, these three sisters, they stood up and they shared. They said, uh, well, we, uh, uh, we got the assignment that we need to go out and preach the gospel, but we don't have a car. And so we thought, well, maybe we'll just uh, make calls. And then we realized that we don't even have a yellow page or a white page. And so uh, what can we do? So they said, OK, we'll decide to just call random. Just <laughs> just, 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 start, just uh, dial the telephone and just call random. And they made 30 random calls, and they got four names. 30 random calls, and they got four names. I started laughing. I said all these uh, tricks and and uh, and uh, incentives that we try to help the saints to go out, you know, put out all kinds of brochure, all kinds of uh, gospel tracks, and this and that, and you know, just uh, helping the saints so that they can get more contact. Here it is: three sisters in the middle of the day, with no leaf and no telephone number in their hand, just dial random. Over ten percent. You know, you got I Bible for America, they say, Oh, we got three percent. And then you got Rima you got two percent. Wow, that's wonderful, you know, two percent, three percent. That's marketing uh sterling performance. You know. <laughs> if you do if you do canvassing, you do canvassing and you get one percent, oh then you're really doing good. So we got two percent and we got three percent. I start laughing. I said, These three sisters they have no skill, they have no marketing um, survey, they have no target uh, 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 audience, they get over 10 percent. <laughs> you know what that, sh- that shows, you know, in, in, um, in uh, Proverbs, there is a verse that says, the lazy people, it won't go out, It says, oh, outside there's lions. Um, I forgot how exactly that verse goes, but there is such a verse that says, the lazy people won't go out because they said outside there is lion. And uh, when we try to make excuses, oh, wow, we always say, oh, there's all kinds of things out there. But you know what? I found out that the most difficult moment when you go out to exercise is when you try to put on your shoes your running shoes, that's the most difficult moment. Once you get past that moment, the rest is cream.
1: <laughs> the rest
3: is enjoyment. <laughs> but for you to put on your shoes, that needs exercise. Well, it's, it's not something that I, I personally found out that it's not something that, by yourself, it's that easy to do. But if you do it consistently and with some companions, then that would be uh, much easier. Anyway, um, what I like to uh, just say something more is point number seven on getting a companion. And uh, um, I think for the um, young working saints, um this is a very important um, uh, beginning, is to find a companion. If you don't have a companion, um, find one now. You know, Matthew chapter 18, the real church life is in the twos and threes. That's where they bind. That's where they lose. That's where they shepherd and recover the offended ones and the offending ones, um, that's where they exercise the kingdom. And one of the messages on vital groups probably pointed out that Matthew 18 is is the actual practice of the church life, uh, the church life in reality. And that's with twos and threes. And so today, all of us need our twos and threes. And uh, with some of the young adults, Either they don't go to the meeting and they get sucked up by the world, or they get hooked onto some services, like serving the young people or serving the children, and then they can hook onto the services. Well, it's better than uh, get drifted into the world, um, but um, that is not everything. That is not everything. So like James, he's a good brother, and he takes care of the young people and da, da, da. But... Your Christian life is not hope is not a, is not a, uh, supported just by these services.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You you need to find a companion that you can pray together with, that you can open up your heart with. You know, to pray together is, is very very important. And I uh, I, I Xerox some pages um, that Brother Lee is speaking on the matter of. Um, of how prayer is important to your vital group. But before I read to you that, I want to strengthen what James said at the beginning uh, when he uh, pointed out this matter of the 120 praying together. You know, uh, uh, the Lord resurrected, right? And then he spent 40 days to train the disciples. And during those 40 days, you know, uh, The disciples got a lot of infusion and got a lot of speaking and got a lot of appearing. And um, actually, um, if you read the issue of the divine dispensing, I couldn't remember the full name those high-peak books so long, those titles. But that book, it says, in Ephesians chapter 1, the first part talks about The father's dispensing, the son's dispensing, the spirit's dispensing. And broadly compare that kind of dispensing to the 40 days before Pentecost. When the Lord was essentially dispensing himself into the disciples. But, you know, that is great. But... At the end of 40 days, then the Lord was taken up, you know, his uh, open ascension. You know, The first ascension was the secret ascension. Then 40 days later, it was the open ascension. Okay, the first ascension, he only need to go up to the Father in less than 12 hours. He came back. He finished all the business. In the second ascension, it took him 10 days. What, what needs to be done in ten days? Why, why does it need to be so long? You know, before he come back and just pour himself out as the Spirit. You know, it only took the Lord three days to go through Hades, finish all the business, wipe out the enemy. You know, kill death, took out the key, finish all the business. Three days. But he ascended in 40 days. And then he had to wait 10 days before he poured out his spirit. Why didn't he pour out his spirit in the 41st day? Well, I'll tell you what. 40 days of dispensing. You still need an intensified upper room prayer. So, you know, you, you get, you get the dispense, dispense, dispense all your life in the church life. That's good, but in order to for you to participate in the Lord's up-to-date move, the only way is there is no problem with heaven. But you know, Brother Lee said one time, if you need a thunderbolt, you know they said you need to have enough charges up there, and then you need to have enough charges down here. Then boom, then. The lightning comes, right? Well, there's enough charges up there already. You know, the Lord having ascended, becoming Lord and um, Christ and the ruler and the kings and uh, and and uh, obtaining honor and glory. You know, there's enough charges. But there's not enough charges down on earth. So that charges down on earth, those 120, they need to get into prayer. And so, in order for us to be vital and have the vital group and be uh, in vital practices, we need to get into a definite um, practice of praying with companions. And that's why during the training we had time with the young adults and uh, we uh, Propose, we suggest, we challenge that the young people here in North America would, this year would have 1,000 such companion groups. So here in uh, Anaheim if we have 250 so say like you uh, have 100 of such groups. And then what do you do? You know, point number seven said it right. Two or three times a week. Just get together to pray. Pray 15 minutes. When you start praying 15 minutes, you'll realize that 15 minutes is very short. And you won't have enough time. And you will want to have a longer time. Um, why don't I just uh, read this with you. This, this one that I pass out. But before that, I want to read with you this. The last page. That page, I blew it up. It's from Fellowship Concerning Urgent Need of the Vital Group. It just tells you that everybody needs a companion. But that's Brother Lee's way of putting it Putting it together. Well, let's uh, read it together. And uh, usually when you read a ministry book, uh, there's a foreword, and then chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, and then the last chapter. Well, this is a very unique book. This book, when it comes to the end, it has appendix, and this is one of the appendix. It occupies one page by itself, and the appendix is how to produce and establish a vital group in the church life. Okay, let's read it together, uh, brothers, one point, and then sisters, one point. Okay. Amen. By one saint to be made vital, made vital, living and active. active. Say Amen. Amen. Hey, sisters.
7: Amen. Amen.
3: Through the thorough confession of sins, transgressions, failures, defects, mistakes, wrongdoings, etc. hidden or manifested before God and before man. Amen. Through the absolute and
2: thorough
7: consecration of oneself with everything to the Lord. Amen.
3: Through, through the, the unceasing, unceasing and, and desperate, desperate prayer. Amen. Amen.
7: Through the the and of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. So
3: that's the first thing. By yourself. Point number one to six. Then, Roman numeral two. By uh, contacting another seeking saint. Amen. Amen. Brothers. To fellowship with him or her according to the above procedures. That means not in a formal way, but in the way of from one to six. Let's pray together. Let's have thorough fellowship together according to the above procedures. B, sisters. To make our vital and join with you as a group. Amen. Amen. C,
5: Both of
8: you continuing to contact other seeking saints and making them
0: vital to join with you and to increase your group. Amen.
1: Amen.
3: So how many would like to do that in 2009? Amen. Raise Amen. your hand. Amen. Okay, sign the contract. Amen. Here's a sheet. Here's a sheet, right? Yeah. Does everybody has one? We haven't
1: passed them out. Yet. We, haven't
3: huh? passed, we haven't passed them out. Yeah, have, but passed. do you have uh, copies? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So prepare the copies. We'll pass them out. All those who have. Uh, raise your hands. Too bad. You raise your hand. <laughs> All right. You sign the contract. You will get into the exercise room. You know, a few years ago, I tried to go to the exercise room. The uh, Anaheim Hilton, it has a very good gym. And uh, Brother Philip Lee, he recommended me to go. I said, oh, that's a wonderful gym. man. I started going there for a few times. Then I lost the uh, willpower. So you know what? You have to buy a uh, membership card. I bought a membership card for Alan Chen. I paid for him. So that he can be my companion.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so that I would have somebody to go with me to exercise. Amen. If you... You know, the secret of exercise, getting into an exercise. Number one, let the whole world know. (laughs) Number two, get a companion. (laughs) If you say, oh, tomorrow I'm going to get into shape. Last year I gained 20 pounds. So tomorrow I'm going to start getting into shape. I start telling myself, secretly. Nobody knows. Well, the likelihood is you will not do it. But if you... Start telling your wife. And you said, okay, starting tomorrow, I'm going to do this. And uh, if I continue for three months, I'm going to reward you and me with a trip, a vacation. So she will be your reminder. (laughs) (laughs) The 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 best way, actually, if you rent a balloon, you know, those air balloons, and you write on it. Andrew year is going to start exercising this year. <laughs> and the whole of Anaheim, whole of Orange County knows about it. Then you will do it. For sure you will do it. Because the whole world looks at you. So don't be afraid to make some com- commitments. That's, commitment is what helps you. If, if you say, if I commit, then I don't do it, then what am I going to do? Well, this, the, the, the flip side is, if you don't commit, then you won't do it. Right. So, you know, this is just another way of saying what Lee is saying, that you need to pray, and you need to confess that you haven't been up to the Lord's standard. And then you have to make a thorough consecration. You have to make a clear-cut consecration. This is good. I'm glad that we're starting it at the beginning of year, 2009. So start start this year. And uh, time passes very, very quick. You know that. You know, it was yesterday that we made the... 2008 resolution, right? And then you wake up and 2008 is gone. The locusts ate up everything. So let's not let the locusts eat up our time this year. And you you know what? This is the best year to get into the truth. Economy is down. That's good for us. You know, the seven lean years at the time of Joseph, that's the best time for Joseph. Then, you sell. First, you get rid of your money. Then you get rid of your livestock. Then you get rid of your land. And finally, you get rid of yourself. And you get rid of them to gain the truth that is in Joseph's storehouse. I think that this year, I'm not cursing you. Don't don't worry. If you lose your job, then it gives you more time to buy some more riches from Joseph's storehouse. And uh, I don't I don't see it as bad. I see it as good. You know why? Because it's when you have the lean years, then you give up everything just to pursue the truth. Well, um, sign your name. And then who your companion is. And then when are you going to schedule your time to pray together? And I mentioned that last week in the uh, uh, fellowship during the winter training already. They said, oh, I don't know what to pray about. So I give you four things. Number one, pray for revival. Not the Pentecostal revival. Pray for the vital revival of all the saints, of yourself, of your companion, of all the young people. Everything starts with the revival. Then number two, with the living. Pray for a living. Pray for your living. Pray for your companion's living. Pray for all those young adults around you that you would practice these 12 points, you know, that's vital living. Then number three, pray that our function would be recovered in the church life, that we wouldn't be the backseat fillers, the pure warmers. No, but we would be the functioning ones. Functioning, of course, in the church life, you know, there's these three big things, three big dots in the church life. Lord's Day morning, one dot. Tuesday night, one dot. Saturday night, one dot. You know, these three dots functioning in those times. But not just that, but practice the God-ordained way. And the God-ordained way is to be to nourish in the homes day by day, you know. Um, and we know all those, you know, terms and all those procedures. But if you're not a vital person, you won't do it. And if you are a vital person, it's, it's very living to you. It's, it's, not, it's not something dead. It's, oh, oh, oh I like the high-peak truth. I don't like the God-ordained way. Well, just repeat, repeat, repeat. If you do it, it's, it's not repeat. It's like when you go to the gym and you say, oh, there is no, uh, no uh, great lectures. Of course not. Why do you need a lecturer in a gym? You just need a personal trainer and say, "Hey, good. Do some more. Do some more. You're doing good." <laughs> I don't need to hire a trainer to tell me that. I can get a machine and I tape all his words and every 5 seconds I just press, "You're doing good."
7: <laughs>
3: you don't need a lecturer for that. You just need somebody to, you know, keep reminding you. Reminders. That's what it is. And then, okay, number one, pray for revival. Number two, pray for living, vital living. Number three, pray to have a proper functioning. And then number four, pray that there would be the participation in God's move. God's move, it's always before you. You know, the Lord's move to all the campuses, the Lord's move to all the cities, the Lord's move to all the countries. And uh, we say, oh, you can participate by praying, by giving, and by going. Well, you know, we say, okay, I I cannot go, uh, and I cannot give. I'll just pray. You know, everybody says that. But how many really pray? (laughs) You know, okay. So I just tell you these four things. Okay, nine o'clock. Let's, uh, time is up. I'm not going to spend the time. Why don't you read it yourself when you go home? Okay. Um, what, James? What What are we going to do with all those sign-up sheets? Oh. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll just finish my speaking. Uh, this uh, these three pages of excerpts are taken from fellowship concerning urgent need of the vital groups chapter 22 and chapter 23 excerpts not, not the whole chapter and all of that is about how much we need to pray oh just consider 250 of the young adults if we would all pick up an interest a, a taste for prayer how strong a church life, that would be.
7: Amen. amen.
3: Would you say amen to that? Amen. Okay, good. All right, my fellowship finishes. Amen.
0: Well, praise the Lord, saints. It's late, so we won't keep you too much longer. Mm-hmm. Um, just oh, yeah, it's coming. So, just to reiterate, um. These forms, right? Um, fill one out and give it to the ushers on your way out, and then grab a, a second form from them to take with you uh, for you to remember. And also, if you if you're not sure yet, if you still need to pray or consider or, or fellowship with someone concerning uh, companionship, then just take two and then bring it with you next Wednesday when we meet again. Uh, we'll meet here again at again same time, seven to nine. Um, And do we have anything else? Can we pray for a few minutes? Amen. So how about we end with just pray for one or two minutes with somebody next to you. Amen. Amen.